Welcome back, everyone. This is Points of Interest in the World of Employment on localjobnetwork.com radio. Today we are talking about planning for retirement, and this is part two of our discussion. I'm Lynn Molitor from the Local Job Network. In our last episode, we covered the basics of retirement planning, including Social Security and pension plans. If you missed that discussion, please check it out with our on-demand radio. We are talking today with Andrew Hun, an Associate Wealth Management Advisor with Northwestern Mutual. Northwestern Mutual is the marketing name for the Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and its subsidiaries. Lots of great information so far, Andrew. Thank you. In this episode, we're going to delve into 401k plans, IRAs, and more. I learned the importance of investing in a 401k savings plan many years ago, right after I became engaged. My fiancé, who is my husband now, asked me how much I was saving in my 401k plan. We had both worked at the same place, so he was familiar with the plan. Actually, I wasn't familiar with it at all because my answer was nothing. Needless to say, that wasn't my answer for long, and I started investing in a 401k plan. So let's start here. Many employers offer a 401k plan. Can you tell us what this is and the benefits of such a plan? Yeah, sure. A 401k plan is a voluntary employee benefit offered by an employer, where employees can defer either a percentage or a dollar amount from their current paycheck and have it deposited to an account called a 401k. The account is available for workers and employers to make contributions during employees' working years, and the money is available to draw upon during retirement. A lot of people think that a 401k plan means that your money will automatically be invested in the stock market. However, that's not the case. 401k plans offer a range of different investment options for employees to choose from. Some investments are very conservative, others could be very aggressive. Ultimately, 401k plans are very popular in the United States for three reasons. Number one, it makes saving a little bit easier. Your employer helps you save money by taking it out of your paycheck before you even have a chance to spend it. And while saving is difficult, this can make it a little easier. Number two, your employer may offer some sort of matching program. Employers understand how important it is for people to reduce the amount they work as they get older, and so they want to encourage their employees to save money in their younger years. They do this by matching a portion of the dollars each employee contributes to his or her 401k. Each employer decides their own matching formula based on what they can afford. A very common matching formula for an employer would be to match 25 cents to 50 cents of every dollar an employee contributes to their 401k plan, up to a certain maximum amount. The maximum amount is usually a percentage of the employee's salary. The third reason why these plans are very popular is because there's tax benefits to the contribution to a 401k. Traditionally, 401ks have been pre-tax savings vehicles. However, some plans have recently added the after-tax Roth option. I'd like to take a moment to explain the tax benefits of using the pre-tax savings vehicle. While you're working full-time, you're usually earning more money than you would if you were only working part-time or not working at all. Typically, this puts you in a higher income tax bracket than you would be if you were only working part-time or not working at all. For many people, when they retire, they stop earning income and fall into a lower tax bracket than when they were working. When you contribute money into a 401k, your employer makes a contribution out of your paycheck before you are charged taxes. That's why we call it a pre-tax account. So you skip out on paying taxes now 
when you're in a high income tax bracket, and that money gets deposited to your 401k, where it will theoretically grow over time. When you retire and start pulling money out of the 401k for your month-to-month living expenses, the money will be taxed as income. Since you're not working full-time, most likely you're in a lower income tax bracket, and you'll pay less to the IRS in taxes than you would have if you just received this money as income during your working years. Thanks for that example. Um, That actually um, helped explain a lot for me, and I'm sure for others as well. What is the optimal uh, percentage of income that people should be saving in a 401k? It's difficult to say what the optimal percentage is because so many other things come into play. You really have to take into account what are the resources you have for retirement. If you've been investing in real estate your entire life and you know that you can sell some real estate property at retirement, you may not need to save as much in your 401k plan. Or if your spouse has a generous 401k plan at work, it may be more beneficial for you as a family to save more in your spouse's 401k than it would be in your own 401k. Nevertheless, we would always recommend that an employee take advantage of the 401k, at least to the extent that they receive an employer match. Not all employers are going to offer a match in their 401k each year. However, if your employer does provide a match, that's money your employer is making available for your retirement years, and we'd encourage you to save what you need to save in order to get the maximum benefit out of your employer. Yeah, it's like get all the benefits that you can. Why not? That's right. So thinking optimally, what is the maximum percentage of income that a person can save in a 401k? Okay. Well, the maximum amount of income that a person can set aside in their 401k is determined by their employer. Some retirement plans might limit the amount you can save to 75% or 95% of your paycheck, but I usually don't see a limit on how much people can save based on their employer's rules or IRS rules. Practically speaking, there is a maximum that every person should be saving in their 401k. You never want to have so much taken out of your paycheck that you can't pay for all of your month-to-month living expenses. The 401k doesn't work as well if you put money into the plan but then need to pull it out the following month. Oftentimes, you will be required to pay taxes and penalties on the money you withdraw before retirement. So it's important for you to think about what amount you can safely afford to set aside right now and be confident that you can afford to support your lifestyle on the remaining amount of money in your paycheck. I think that's a good point. It's like you want to maintain a good lifestyle today and not just keep thinking about Yeah, you can enjoy retirement. Yeah. <laughs> without worrying too much about retirement. So I know nothing about investments myself, actually. How can a person best determine how they should invest their savings to get the best return for their money? Every investor is going to have a different idea of how comfortable they are with investing. What's nice about the 401k market is you only have to be as involved as you want to be and you'll always have at least one safe investment option to choose from. Your number one priority is going to be going to work every day so you can continue to earn an income. We want to encourage workers to be setting aside money when they're earning that income because it's the easiest time in your life to be saving. Your number one job is going to be to earn your income. Your number two job is going to be saving money. And your number three job is managing that money. That's a lot of jobs. (laughs) 401k plans are set up to make saving money and managing money easy for those who don't have the time or experience to actively monitor their investments. You can choose to be hands-on or hands-off with the way you invest and manage your retirement savings. For those that are hands-on, you would want to go through a process to figure out how much risk you're comfortable taking with your money. Some investors are aggressive and will be comfortable taking risk in order to see their account values grow. Some investors want to be very safe, and they will prefer to not put their savings in a position where it might drop in value. Many investors are going to be somewhere in the middle. Over your lifetime, the amount of risk you take with your savings may change. 
Generally speaking, young investors can afford to take more risk with their investments because they have more years to recover from any potential losses. Older investors who are nearing retirement generally don't want to take as much risk because they have less time to recover from investment losses before they have to spend that money. There's a relationship between investment risk and investment returns. The safer you want to be, the lower you should expect your investment returns to be. However, that's not to say that there aren't people in retirement who are still very aggressive. It's really important for you to work through the process, and any 401k plan is going to have some exercises you can go through to figure out what might be the best and most appropriate style of investment for you. Once you've determined how much risk you're comfortable taking with your retirement savings, you need to decide if you want to be hands-on or hands-off with the selection of specific investments. If you choose to be hands-on, you're responsible for reviewing the investment options within the 401k plan, figuring out which mix of funds best represents your risk tolerance, and regularly monitoring their performance to determine if changes need to be made. You can ask for help from your plan's advisors and still be hands-on, although the advisor cannot pick funds for you, he or she can still point you in the right direction. For a lot of investors, they don't want to be hands-on. They'd rather be hands-off. And many plans have investment options called asset allocation funds or target date funds. You can select where you allow professional investment managers to decide how your retirement savings could be invested. You give these professional investment managers directions on how to invest by telling them how much risk you want to take with your investments or how many years you have until you reach retirement. These hands-off investment options have become very popular over the last few years. Yeah, I have to admit that I would be one of those hands-off investors. But the 401k, actually, um, I have to admit, that was a smart decision that I made years ago to, to start that up. So when can a person start drawing from their 401k money to fund their retirement? Technically, if you're no longer working for the company where you established your 401k, you can draw money from the account at any age. However, the IRS imposes a 10% early withdrawal tax if you pull money out before age 59 and a half. It's kind of a bad deal. Practically speaking, you should wait until you turn 59 and a half before you start drawing money from your retirement account. Also, if you're still working after 59 and a half and have money in your company's 401k plan, you need to check with your company's benefits coordinator because some 401k plans will not allow you to draw money from the plan if you haven't retired or reached a, a later age, maybe an age like 65. So for those of us nearing retirement or working towards retirement, we may start hearing more about 59 and a half versus 65 or 67. That's right. So do we have to pay any taxes once we start withdrawing the money since we invested pre-tax salary money? Yes. Uh. <laughs> During your working years, your employer paid you wages. And because you opted to save those wages in your 401k plan, the IRS did not ask you to pay income taxes at the time you earned it. When you withdraw money from your retirement account, the IRS will require that you pay income taxes on the withdrawal. Taxes must be paid on any dollars that are withdrawn from the account, regardless of whether they were your contribution or investment gains in your account. Once again, this usually comes out to your advantage because most of us are in a lower income tax bracket during retirement than when we were working all those years. However, it should be noted that the reverse is also possible. You may end up being in a higher tax bracket during retirement than you were in those years when you were working and saving. Ah, interesting. So I know that a person can get their hands on their 401k money in cases of hardship. Can you explain what this means exactly? 
Well, the IRS understands there are circumstances when people need access to money for emergencies, and their 401k may be the only savings some people have. You can take a hardship distribution if your employer's 401k allows for it, and you have what the IRS calls an immediate and heavy financial need. The IRS has very rigid definitions of what qualifies as a hardship. The six examples that we know exist are payment needed to prevent eviction from or foreclosure on your principal residence, if you needed the money to pay for certain medical expenses, for burial or funeral expenses for yourself or family member, the cost of repairing damage to your principal residence, cost of purchasing your principal residence, tuition and related education fees and expenses. Now, I must tell you that we rarely recommend a worker take a hardship distribution. It's definitely an option of last resort because if you're under age 59 and a half, you still pay income taxes and the 10% penalty for an early withdrawal. Additionally, you cannot repay the distribution from the plan, and in most cases, you're not permitted to contribute to the 401k plan for six months following the withdrawal. Nevertheless, your 401k plan can serve as a safety net if you qualify for one of the six financial hardship reasons I mentioned earlier. When I speak with workers who are considering taking a financial hardship, I always ask them about other places they can go for money because upwards of 35% to 40% of the money that they need to pull will go to the IRS for taxes. Oh. So are there other ways that I can save for retirement if my employer doesn't offer a 401k? There are many other ways that you can save for retirement. While there are efficiencies to utilizing a 401k plan, not all employers offer a 401k plan. There's really nothing wrong with setting up a savings account at the bank and funding that each month or each year to have money in retirement. However, like I mentioned earlier, we usually recommend that workers take advantage of some of the tax laws. If you commit to saving money in an account specifically set up for retirement, the government will allow you to pay less in taxes either during the year you deposit the money to your account or the year you withdraw the money from your account. Like I mentioned, an advantage to saving in a 401k plan is that money gets taken out of your paycheck. You don't have to do anything and your account balance is growing. If your employer doesn't offer this type of benefit, you'll need to take the initiative of moving money into your retirement account on a periodic basis. A common alternative to a 401k plan is an IRA. IRA stands for Individual Retirement Account. These accounts can be set up with a financial advisor at an investment firm, you could set it up with your local bank, or even go online and set up an IRA. With a 401k plan, your employer helps you set up the account, and they'll help you make the contributions by pulling money out of your paychecks. With an IRA, you have to set it up yourself and you'll have to make those contributions. However, the investments available to choose from will be somewhat similar and the tax benefits of an IRA and a 401k are the same. Oh, great. So I benefited from the advice of a financial advisor, although at the time I worked at a life insurance company. How can someone get help from a financial advisor? I recommend people ask family, friends, coworkers, or people that you trust if they've ever worked with a financial advisor before. In my opinion, the best way to meet any service provider, whether it's a mechanic or a financial advisor, is to get some recommendations from people you know and trust. It often gives us confidence that the person we're looking to work with was able to help someone you know. If you don't know anybody who can recommend a financial advisor or you don't feel comfortable asking, you might want to check with your employer to see if they have any resources available for you. Otherwise, you can approach this type of service just like you would when you're looking for a mechanic or a plumber. Shop around. There are a lot of resources online and in the phone book. Keep in mind that you don't have to work with the first financial advisor you meet with and that your financial advisor might change over time as your needs change. 
Many advisors have different areas of expertise, so if you're looking for somebody that specifically helps with retirement planning, you might want to ask some questions in the first meeting about their experience with retirement planning and things of that nature. Okay, so does a person need a lot of money to get help from a financial advisor? The simple answer is no. You don't need a lot of money to get attention from a financial advisor. There are many financial professionals out there who can help you understand what options you have and even make recommendations as to which options will help you accomplish your goals, regardless of your net worth. However, you should realize that the level of service you receive may depend on how much business you're doing with an advisor. Somebody who has many millions of dollars invested with a firm may have contact from their financial advisor every few months or even every few weeks. On the other hand, if you choose to utilize an advisor's firm for only a, a small amount of their products or services, your advisor may feel less of a responsibility to stay in close contact with you over time. Okay, a question we get a lot from our listeners is how much do the services uh, from a financial advisor cost? Great question. You know, these are really specific to the advisor that you're working with and what services you're looking for. So it's not possible to estimate what someone will pay for financial services. It's a good idea for anyone meeting with a financial advisor to ask the straightforward questions. If we work together, how do you get compensated? and what fees or expenses will I be subjected to? There are basically two main ways advisors in the financial services industry get compensated. Fee-based compensation or commission. A fee-based advisor gets paid for a set amount of time to work with you or a percentage of the assets they manage for the client on an annual basis. A commission-based advisor gets paid a commission on the financial products they sell. It's important to note that this material is not intended as legal or tax advice. Taxpayers should refer to an independent tax or legal advisor based on their individual circumstances. Oh, okay. So if any of our listeners out there uh, right now would like to contact you, how can they get in touch? I'll tell you what, the best place to start looking for information is by visiting www.northwesternmutual.com. And we can pair you up with somebody in your area. Oh, fantastic. Guess what, Andrew? Our time together is done already. You've answered my full boatload of questions that I had for you. Thank you so much for having me, Lynn. I really hope this was helpful. I think it was a fabulous day of uh, valuable information to our listeners. So thank you for sharing your knowledge and your expertise with us. You're welcome. If you have ideas for future topics of points of interest, please drop me a note at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. I'm Lynn Molitor on localjobnetwork.com radio. Thanks for listening.